to Reimagine Teaching, a podcast for teachers by teachers about all things teaching. This week, I'm super excited to bring um, an extra special de- extra special guest. I never land the opening. Um, <laughs> I am joined today by my own brother. Um, I have Ashton with me this morning. No, whatever time you're listening to this, yeah. <laughs> it's not morning here. It's evening over here. Um, Ashton is here to talk to us about reimagining school and what school is like from a student's perspective. Um, Ashton is currently a high school senior, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about his education, but we're super excited. Um, Instead of having one topic today, I kind of just get to rapid fire. Here's the teaching stuff that I'm told is important and where it is your thoughts as a student. So I'm really excited today. Yeah, it's going to be great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) you feel old? Yeah. (laughs) All right. We're going to start with what is bringing you joy this week? Oh, this week, probably like as far as like school or like just in general, uh, in general, probably just like the way I think about things. So it's like, instead of just like, oh, I have this class or, oh, I have to do this. It's more of just like, I can get through this. It'll be done eventually. Oh, cute. Well, so, growth mindset. Yeah. That's adorable. <laughs> okay, well, mine's not that deep. Uh, I got free tacos. My students oh, brought me tacos yeah. this week. Oh, my gosh. They were like, hey, did you want one? And I was like, yes. And then this morning, I brought in donuts, which I'm not supposed to eat because I'm gluten-free, but it was a good donut. I mean, yeah. So we are uh, currently reaching the point where bribery is needed at school, and I am not above it, so. You still ate a donut. And I still ate a donut. And you still ate tacos. And I ate tacos. It was a good week. It was a good week. All right. So, Ashton, you are a senior um, here in town. You actually, though, attend one of our charter schools. I do. A little different. Um, So some of the stuff you might be like, I don't know. We don't do that. Um, But can you tell us just really briefly what kind of school you're at? Yeah. So, um, it is an EL school. It's an expeditionary learning school. So, instead of a public school where a student would be sitting in a desk getting lectured and having to read through a textbook every day. It would be more of, you know, a doing some notes one day and the next day you go to the park and actually, you know, do some hands-on work with what you were taught. Um, my freshman year of high school, we, um, we were doing a, some research on worms and how they interact, like how they interact with the world, how they interact in the ground, and what we can do to make them come up from the ground. Basically, we made mustard gas. <laughs> um, oh, no. So, like, we weren't supposed to, like, touch it or ingest it at all. Um, <laughs> but it was, like, a liquefied mu- mustard gas in my biology class. And we went to um, a park that's nearby downtown. And we put it in the grass. And we watched worms just come right up. Oh my like god! In this little square, and we counted how many worms, and did some research, did a lab on it. Yeah, <laughs> and one of the things, if I remember right, your school, because it's expeditionary learning, all of your so all the subjects are actually talking about the same topic at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. So, like for the worm thing, your science lab was to make this, but your English class would also be talking about nature and stuff right. that's related, right? Exactly. So, expeditionary learning is every semester you follow an expedition. Okay. Um, for example, my senior year, this first semester is about memory and how, you know, seniors, not high school seniors, but, el- <laughs> but elderly people right. and how they suffer from Alzheimer's or, you know, that kind of stuff and just memory loss. And just, we explore how that works, how that can come apart. Um, like how their brains can come apart when it yeah. comes to building memory, retaining memory. Um, what does that look like for math classes? I'm an AP stats. Um, so I really don't know. Eh, eh, eh. Um, <laughs> I really don't know like the basic classes because I'm too smart for that. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean, you know, math classes is just usually like you know, it's just basically like, regular math class. Okay. It's not really included. It's not in, included in that. Yeah, that's usually like English and science. Gotcha. That makes sense. That's cool though. All right, so we have a long list. We're going to get right to it. First question about schedules and school start times. Okay. So. If you had a choice, what time would you want to start school every day? I mean, gosh. My school currently starts at 7.27 a.m. <laughs> um, however, we do get out at 2.30 p.m. Um, 
so it's still the same length as a regular school in this district, but... No, it's not. We have an hour longer day than you do. That's fine. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I like the schedule mainly just because I've been following that schedule for the past... It doesn't um, feel too early for you? It doesn't feel too early anymore. I'm yeah. sure to some people going to school at 7 30 have... is crazy. But your schedule's the same Monday through Friday, right? No. Um, Monday through Thursday it is, and then Fridays we have shorter classes. So instead of a 50-minute Yeah, you get class, out early. We get, we get out earlier, yeah. You literally do less hours than we do. Yeah. That's a little bogus. All right. What kind of schedule do you wish you had? So there's, um, in some countries, in, there's been a lot of discussion about doing, like, a four-day school week. Or, like... That would be fun. Um... Yeah, like a four-day school week or, um, you know, two days on and then three days of independent learning. Like, what kind of thing do you think would work best for you and students in general? Independent learning I don't like. Um, just me, personally, I always learn better in a group mm -hmm. um, to bounce, bounce ideas back and forth, collaborate. Um, I'm pretty sure we get that from our father. <laughs> um, he's a very good collaborator. Um, but, like... Gosh, if there could be like a four-day week, the classes would go would have to go by quicker because that's all. That's one class less that they have, unless you're talking they have a four-day week, but school is all year. Oh, that's fair. Because then with that, I'd be totally cool with that. Like, I mean, we could still get you know Christmas, thanks Thanksgiving, you know, that those those kind of breaks. Um, but yeah. Yeah, one of the suggested schedules was four days of learning a week, and then the fifth day would be either makeup work or extension activities. Ooh. So you yeah. wouldn't have to come in if you couldn't on the fifth day, but if you're missing stuff, the teachers are available. Then you would have to, yeah. Or if you're like, hey, this was actually really interesting this week, can we do some more, you know, with okay. that? Then you could come in and do extra just for That's interesting. Um... Something my school does, being in EL weird school, is we do we do like homework help. So like late night homework help. Mm. Um, there are some days before every quarter ends is it's from like you know three to seven. Dinner is served and you can just catch up on any missing homework you have. Oh, that's fine. Um, I don't know if that's offered at many other schools in the district, but I've never utilized it because I'm such a prestigious student. Oh, definitely. Okay. I've never failed a class mm -hmm. before. Never. Never. Never ever. ever. All right. Next, visual learning targets. Do you oh, know okay. what that is? I do. Oh, look at I, you. I think. You think. Know, what do you what think a, it is? I know what a learning target is. Okay, what's a learning target? It's usually the first couple sentences in a piece of work that you're supposed to do. <laughs> Wait, your teacher's like put it on the paper? Yeah, so like okay. if there's like a paper here that says like lesson 2.3, whatever, it'll be like, you know, learning target one, I can... Yes! Okay, good. It's the I can statements. Yeah. The learning targets are what we expect students to be able to do by the end of the lesson. Yeah. How important is it for you to see the learning target of each class? I mean, from one to five, probably a three. <laughs> like, it's important to know what I'm supposed to know, but it's not very important. You, you know? don't refer to it frequently. I don't, I don't refer to it frequently. <laughs> That's one thing that, like... In education was a huge push like if you're posting it then kids will be like oh that's what i'm here to learn and i'm like no nope. no they're not looking at it from a student's perspective nope <laughs> they're like just what's the homework and yep. what do i get what's on the it? homework when how long does it take when can i be done <laughs> that's about it all right the next one's kind of a big question motivation oh no <laughs> so this is from i mean a teacher perspective and a parent perspective and uh i'm your big sister perspective <laughs> Like, so intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. Yeah. Right? Intrinsic being you are motivated to do it because mm -hmm. of something, a goal you have or some guilt or whatever, <laughs> your personal reason. Yeah. Whereas extrinsic is an outside motivation, right? Right. I do it and I'm going to get this thing or if I don't do it, I'm going to get this punishment. So what, what do you think most impacts your... Um, success at school? Like, what do you think has a bigger effect on you right now? My environment um, and the people I surround myself with. So, basically, 
my junior year of high school, I was taking regular U.S. history and um, didn't have a whole lot of friends in that class because most of my friends were taking AP U.S. history. Um, and, you know, I didn't really see myself taking such prestigious classes. So I just took regular U.S. history, but I had straight A's throughout that entire class. So come second semester, that teacher talked to me and was just like, hey, you need to take AP, AP U.S. history. <laughs> I'm switching you. And I'm just like, whatever. That's cool. Um, so I switched, switched my schedule and it was really no different, but my environment got better because all my friends were in the AP class. So instead of just doing all of my work alone, not really enjoying it, but still passing, I had a better environment and got even better grades. But your friends that were doing their stuff, it's like it wasn't like you were all goofing around. 50-50, <laughs> if we're being honest. Um... Okay, so as far as having people around you, but, like, what is your, I mean, you are a pretty good student, I think. Mm -hmm. I can't see your grades. I have a 4.0. Okay. So what is, do you think it's because you internally have goals and stuff that you want to achieve, or is it more, like, because it's an expectation and peer pressure? It's definitely the latter. Um, I just go to school just to go to school, Um, you know. Because it's, like, not not just because it's expected of me, but because it's something fun to do, you know? Well, yeah, your um, friends are there. It's definitely yeah, a social thing. I really don't have any intrinsic, intrinsic motivation, um, just because some of the stuff, like, you know, the general edu- education isn't really interesting to me. I don't want to become, I don't want to pursue math, I don't want to pursue an English degree, or, you know, any kind of science. I mean, psychology is super interesting to me, but that's hard, so, <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, so that's super interesting because I think that's true for a lot of students. Oh, yeah. Um, whereas the research says you're more successful if you can be intrinsically motivated. But there's, like, no way for me to be like, no, you have to feel it in here. Yeah. Like, as a teacher, what am I going to do? Whereas I was the same. In high school, I was very externally motivated because if I was missing assignments or failed a class, I would have had consequences at home. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, the one time I was missing classes, then I had to, like, check in with this mean teacher every day, and she checked my assignment notebook and made sure I had everything written down. And so, like, for me, it was very extrinsic. Then when I went to college and was doing stuff I wanted to do in classes I wanted to be in, then it was like, oh, no, I'm interested in this, and I want to learn this, and I want to do well because, you know, I want to have a good teaching placement and get a good teaching job. Um, So, So my question, though, then is... How can teachers more effectively motivate students, especially oh. if it's extrinsic, like aside from yeah. straight up offering? I mean, I brought donuts this morning, but that got them to do one assignment, not pass the class. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's going to be expensive, but food always helps. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. No, I know you're not. I, in my AP psychology class, the teacher does a very, very good job with motivating us because while we were learning about the way neurons work... Um, she had a bunch of, you know, snacks and stuff and, you know, like pretzel sticks, um, you know, like little, like little tiny candies. Yeah. Um, she made us construct a near, like a, a visual representation of a neuron out of snacks. Yeah. And if we did well, like in this visual construction, we could eat it. <laughs> That's awesome. Everyone, yeah. everyone got a four. Like, oh, yeah. sorry. My grading skill is different. <laughs> but everyone got an A. Yeah. Yeah. We have, like our class has ramen. So I frequently have kids who are, like, skipping classes or um, will get a pass to come see me just to get food. And I'll be like, great, while you're here, will you open your computer? Because I noticed you're missing this assignment for history. Yeah. And, like, while you're here, we can do stuff. Um, but it is hard when there's, like, you know, well, do you want to go to college? No. Like, well, what are you going to do after high school? Uh, work with my dad. Like, well, you don't even really need a high school diploma for that. Right. So, like, why are you here? The kid's like... I don't know. You tell me. Like, right. as far as motivating them to, like, even pass classes sometimes is really hard. And then I think the added pressure of, like, no, they have to want to do it. I'm like, they, there's no reason for them to want to do it. Right. If they don't need to be there. Honestly, you know, if they don't need to be there, they can just leave. Like, the, I feel like the school, especially high school nowadays, should be for people who want to be there. Like, I feel like there shouldn't be a required high school diploma for some jobs. So labor is, you know, they're just like, oh, we, you need a high school diploma and you need all this college stuff. 
And then when you go to college for that stuff, they're like, okay, throw that all out the window. But there, do you think there's a certain minimum threshold of like, because that's what high school I mean, diploma is supposed to be. You gotta learn two plus two, but right. And I hope if you're ever at a company, you know how to like hold a conversation on the phone and send an email. Yeah. I mean, that's the idea. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I want to open a business, so I don't really know why I have to learn the Pythagorean theorem. You know? Yeah. Like, it it's a little odd. Um, it doesn't really affect me as much. I don't really complain. So about So you think it, like. Big picture, large scale, if we had more specialized high schools, kids would be more intrinsically motivated. Yes. Like, I just want to be a mechanic, so let's just have you do that. Take mechanic classes in high school. Basic reading to get your diploma and all the extras in what you actually want to do. I like it. Next question. Dress code. (laughs) I don't even have a question. What do you think? I mean, I identify as a male and I dress like a male. So to be honest, it doesn't really affect me much. Can you wear hats at school? Now we can, yes. What? Yeah. It's That's very odd. We can wear hats, not hoods. <laughs> it's weird. It's so weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, we can wear hats. We just can't wear hoods. Um, you know, it's mostly... Like, it, that's more of a heavier question for, for someone who dresses not as a male. But for me, I just wear... It can be. It can be, yeah. The students I have who are male have issues with the hat and hood rule because they're not yeah. allowed to wear anything on their heads. Because they're cool. Um, and, I mean, there's a certain measure of, like, I didn't do my hair this morning, so I really just don't mm-hmm. want to show my head. Yeah. And it's a comfort thing. So it's kind of annoying when I have to be like, you have to take your hat off. Technically, I don't care. Right. All right. Behavior management. Okay. How have your teachers managed classroom behavior? Like, what can you think of where you can be like, this is what my teachers do to help students stay on task? Well, I mean, again, in my AP psychology class, the teacher is very adamant on, you know, phones and headphones and stuff. Like, she wants them gone. She wants them in our backpacks because that class moves so fast that we have to be paying attention at all times. Right. Um, But, I mean... It's the teachers that don't get up from their desks, that don't really do much, you know, and they just sit there and talk, where you start to lose students. Um, you know, people hide their phones on other desks. Students, you know, they just, they if like, you know, they're facing away from the teacher, you know, if like, let's say you and I are sitting side to side, if I just turn like this and I'm just sitting like this, I can have, you know, I mean- An earbud. An earbud in. On the opposite but, side. You know, on the opposite side. I definitely don't do that. I'm definitely not speaking from experience because I'm such a good student. <laughs> I don't have wireless earbuds, but I have earplugs. Yeah. And there's been time when, when kids have come into my room and are talking to me and don't realize I have earplugs in because mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah. Um. So, like, in your one class, okay, phones are put away, headphones are put away. What do they do if they, like, if the students don't want to? Then, I mean... That teacher, she really doesn't mess around. She just kind of goes, go to the office. Like, why are you taking an AP class when you're just going to be on your phone? Um, So, I mean, she hasn't sent anyone to the office, but she has definitely said, like, hey, blank, please put your phone away. Um, And then, like, second offense is, hey, please, like, hey, put your phone away. It's more of, like, a stern kind of thing. And then, you know, it's just like, all right, just take take this pass and just get out of here. Like, I'll give you the notes later. Um... Have you seen any examples of really ineffective behavior management? Like, here's what not to do. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. Also, in an AP class, which is crazy, um, it's just, you know, sitting in, in your desk and just kind of controlling everything from your desk, and you just have students in the back that are just feasting on food. Um <laughs> I definitely did that in my AP class. Exactly, right? And you have people sitting on their phones, you have, you know, heads down, and you can't even see it because you're not walking around the classroom, you're not moving, and yes. Oh, our teacher could see it, we just didn't oh. listen to him. He was well, like, no food, fair. and we were like, okay, as we're like nom, eating nom, gummy nom. worms. Yeah. Well, I mean, for some teachers, that's hard to move around because, you know, they can't move. Maybe, um, maybe they had knee surgery, so they have to stay in their desk. Um, and that's just, it's just a problem that no one can control but the students and i don't know yeah but there is a measure of like 
I frequently stay at my desk, especially this year. I'm exhausted and my my room's really crowded, so it's hard for me to get around. 100%. But I, like, know my students well enough where I can be like, hey, you, what are you working on? And immediately I know that he was on his phone and not at all on desk. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been times where, like, that's been asked to me, and I'm just honest. I just say I'm just going through Twitter. <laughs> Have you noticed that having... Um, like clear procedures help classes? Does that help you be successful in classes? Yes. So part of an expeditionary learning school is, you know, in the first week, the class creates class norms. So like normal rules. Um, and we put them on a big piece of pig poster, do bullet points, and we all sign our names on it. And, you know, some people are, some students are just like, I'm signing this even though I know I'm going to break every single one of these rules. Um, <laughs> But it's also a good visual aid for other students. Um, so it's like, you know, um, another big thing when it comes to class norms is no should not be on there. So it's like instead mm. of no talking, it's, you know, only one person talks at a time. Yeah. Or instead of no phones, it's, you know, please pay attention. Yeah. Um, so it's that kind of thing to be more positive than negative when it comes to norms. But having like a visual aid um, that the teacher can reference or, you know, say it's just, just uh, I don't what know. What about like day-to-day procedures? What do you mean? Like when you walk in a class, is it, what are your, how do you allow your teachers start class? Um, usually as the students are filing in, some teachers just like, hey, good morning, or, you know, hey, how you guys doing? Um, you know, my physics teacher, she's got, you know, instructions on the board. So it's just like, you know, good morning, this is the date, um, please grab stuff from the cart and make it to your seats. Yeah, and does that help, do you think, Some compared people, to teachers who, like, don't have something on the board for you to look at right away? It definitely helps me, mm-hmm. um, just because, like, the board is the basically the first thing I see when I walk into a class. Um, but some people are staring at their phones when they walk into a class, so they don't see it, and they just, you know, default to their seats, and then they're like, then they have to get up and go, oh, I didn't get my stuff, and, um, I, I mean, yeah, um, that definitely helps a lot. As a teacher, it helps. Like, it's, it sounds really cheesy, but it's, like, if the kids know what they're doing, class is just easier for everyone. 100%. So, like, my class right now, like, you come in, you get your journal, and the prompt's already on the board. Yep. And they know once they're done writing, I have a timer set for 10 minutes. Once you're done writing, the rest of that 10 minutes is yours. Right. And so they're, like, mm-hmm. wait, so what if I'm done early? Can I be on my phone? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Go for it. I have to take attendance and check in with people and like, that's your time. But it makes class really easy because I don't have to repeat myself a ton and mm-hmm. class can start a little calmer than like reminding them over and over again to get stuff. Exactly. Building relationships. So this is something that like if you, as a teacher, if you, <laughs> if you are like, how do I blank? The immediate re- like answer is build relationships with your students. Um, and to the point where, like, it's getting silly. Like, how yeah. do I enter grades? Well, just build relationships with your students. No, 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 listen it's to not, my... It's not how that works. <laughs> but I do think it's important. So for you personally, how important has um, having relationship with your teacher and, like, your teachers knowing you, how important has that been for your academic success? It's been so important. Um, <laughs> like, you lean into the mic when you said that. You're like, please hear me. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Um... For me, I'm a very extroverted person. What? And it's crazy. It's no. almost like I'm doing a podcast. Um, <laughs> I, like. Wait, can I tell one, like, baby Ashton story? <laughs> so there's 12 years difference between us. Right. So I babysat you all the time. But I remember when you started talking that we would be in the grocery store and your mom is really introverted. Right. But you were, like, still small enough to fit in the cart, and we'd be grocery shopping, and you would say hi to every single person in the store. Probably. And you'd be like, hi! And they're like, oh my god, you're so cute. Hi! What's your name? And you're like, my name's Ashton. And then you'd be like, this is my mom. Say this hi to my, my mom. mom. This and is your, my mom. And your mom was like, please don't say Stop. hi to me. <laughs> and then, like, when we were, like, checking out, and we, like, have to be with the cashier for a while, and you'd immediately say that. And the cashier would, like, say hi to your mom, and your mom would be like... Hi, and they'd be like, oh, how old are you? And you would just, like, I'm ramble just on and on. <laughs> and your mom was like, I just don't want to talk to people. Yeah, I probably exhausted so, her a lot. extroverted from the start. 100%. Um, 
having relationships with your teachers is definitely a priority for me, um, just in the way I learn. Because if I'm not comfortable with walking up to a teacher after a class or during a downtime and saying, hey, this didn't make sense, or hey, can we expound on this? Um, you know, that's helped my education a lot. Um, because instead of going home with that question and never getting that question answered, and then when a similar question like that, you know, like some, something about that topic comes up on a test, I've got no idea what to do. Okay. Um, and so I learned pretty quickly that having a relationship with your teachers um, really helps out because once again with my psychology class, um, you know, she's really friendly and she has made it, she has made a point that if anyone is confused, come up to her, but not a whole lot of people do. Mm. Um, there's been various times where I miss a note or I, you know, miss a class or something didn't make sense to me, or I just want to like clarify an analogy that I had during class. And I kind of just stick with her and I'm just like, hey, like, you know, this didn't make sense. And then she's just like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, everything, everything is a lot better. Yeah. Um, Do you think it's been helpful at all for you, like, emotionally or socially, as far as having an adult at school, like, relationships with the adults in your school building? Oh, yeah. 100%. In what ways? Um, you know, everyone's got that mean English teacher. So, you know, emotionally, you don't want to go to this class. And socially, you just want to talk to your friends and you don't want to do anything because you don't like the teacher in the class, so you don't like the class. Um, but I mean, like, having, like, knowing your teacher instead of in a formal way and kind of more of an informal way is, it helped me a lot to just overcome this bad class. Like, yeah, she's a terrible teacher, but she's a good person. Mm. Um, do you at least show up? Yeah. So, like, most... I mean, most of those, you know, quote unquote, mean English teachers, they're actually really nice. Like, they, <laughs> in they our will, school, it's math. People don't like the math teachers. Mm -hmm. Okay. And math's a hard subject. Yeah. But like, some of the mean English teachers I've had, and I've stuck around because I'm just like, well, I need this question answered. I don't want to talk to them, but I have to. And I walk up to them and they're just like, oh yeah, of course I'll help you. Like, yeah. it's just kind of like, whoa, you were just young at the entire class. <laughs> to throw their phones out the window like how like a little, little flip of the switch or something yeah we've had that a lot so because my job is different so i this is my second year at the school and so but we get the same students year after year so i have a couple kids I, most of the students i had last year and they're in my classes again this year um and then this year's freshmen i had them as fifth graders right so a lot of the freshmen i knew as well and so our coworkers have commented a lot, like, wow, you guys can get the students to do work that I can't. Like, you can get them to complete stuff that I can't. Yeah. And it's absolutely because we have a relationship with them. Yeah. And if they miss school, we're like, oh my gosh, we missed you yesterday. Is everything okay? Yeah. You know, I brought you a donut and you weren't here. Oh, you know, I owe you one next time. Like, having that, like, one, they feel like showing up and then they'll be like, I mean, we had <laughs> a kid today. We have a couple of students who, like, will miss a bunch of school, and then when they come back, they're like, you, I need your help, Ms. Lang. I need you to come sit and do this with me. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why don't you go ask your English teacher? Nah, man. They're like, F that B. Oh, You're the wow. only one who helps me. You gotta sit down and do this with me. Like, they're yeah. very demanding. But it's because they're like, I know you care enough to push me through this. Yeah. And not give up on me. And so I need you to be. It's yeah. very funny. It's You'll push me, but not drag me. But the yeah, other teachers kind of notice, like, you know, we have one kid who keeps the whole dress code thing. He keeps getting in trouble for having a hat on in school. Yeah. And then she'll be like, take your hat off, take your hat off. And he, like, you know, grumbles and cusses. And then my coworker will be like, hey, dude, can you please take your hat off for this class? You know, it's a safety concern. And he's like, yeah, okay. And the teacher's like, that's what I just asked him to do. And she's like, I know. It's the way <laughs> you ask it. Yeah, no. I mean, imagine. And because she knows him well. Right. And imagine, you know. You know you're doing something wrong, and your boss walks up to you and says, "Hey, stop doing that." Right. You're just like, "Heck, you, dude." Right. Like, yeah. So, how um, can teachers effectively build relationships with students? Let them come to you. Um, like, yeah, you can be pushing in your own way, but don't keep, you know, don't keep trying, trying, trying to build a friendship with your student like build a relationship not a friendship to where it's like you know like hey you're 
Like, it, is, it doesn't seem like you're getting this, you know, do you want to talk about it? Like, that's a more better way of saying, you know, stay with me after class. Mm. Um, so it's just like, you know, I've noticed, you know, on this test, you did really, really well in all of this, but you missed one thing here. Yeah. Like, did you miss school? Did you need help? Um, like, you know, in the future, please come, please come to me. Like, if you miss, if you miss something or you didn't get something, like, I'm yeah. totally here for you. Um, high school is more about the student and college is more about, you know, research and then just yeah. those professors dumping what they've found onto you. Well, here's my question. So I have one student now that I think, not think, I know that she, uh, she's a freshman and she doesn't have any friends at our school. And I had her previously as an elementary school kid. And so I know that she does better when she has a relationship with someone and feels like she's got really high anxiety. So yeah. when she feels safe with someone and that takes some time. But now as a freshman, she, no brand matter new, brand new building, right? how many times and how many people have reached out to her, she absolutely refuses. Yeah. Like, hey, can I move you in the corner? You know, I like set up a little corner where she wouldn't even have to see the rest of the class. Like you can sit in this corner next to my desk for, you know, I have her for two class periods back to back. And she's like, no. And I'm like, how are things? How can I help you? You know, do you want a different seat? No. Maybe. Can I get you, you know, do you want me to give you your work? You can work on it? No. And I'm like, how, like, how do I build a relationship with a student? And the answer might just be time, but that's annoying. <laughs> well, so you're trying to solve the problem for her instead of letting her come to you. So it's instead of trying to fix her problem as in moving her desk, just be like, what can I do to make sure you're comfortable in this class? I want this class to be a safe haven for you amidst yeah. all of your anxiety. So I feel like asking her that question might make her think a little more, hmm, what will help me? Oh, yeah. maybe that corner desk will be beneficial. And then she'll start thinking about it more instead of just being like, I don't want special treatment. I don't want to be seen as, yeah. you know, the teacher's pet or the, the pretty princess because... Yeah. High schoolers still label things. <laughs> yeah, it's just hard because when we are like, you know, what do you need? And she's like, nothing. I'm yeah. like, then why aren't you doing your homework? Because <laughs> yeah. that's true too. Yeah. And so that's the other thing is, as teachers, and you might not even be able to answer this because as a person, I'm also extroverted, or at least I can be at work. You know, by the time I get home, then I don't want to talk to anybody. But, exactly. <laughs> um, but... Is it then a requirement that teachers have to be extroverted in no, order to be good teachers? Not at all. Like, how do, you know, if this podcast is for teachers, how do introverted teachers, you know, still build relationships with students and show students they care, even if it's, even if they're more private or reserved? Um, I've definitely had teachers that just say, hey, this is the work we've got to do. I don't mind if you guys listen to music. I got to do stuff on my own. Mm. Like, I've definitely had students... I've excelled in that class because I'm in my own world. I can, you know, talk to my buddies. And the teacher, you know, if she, if the volume gets too loud, she'll be like, hey, you know, please quiet down. And then we'll quiet down and then we'll slowly ramp back up. And then it'll be, you know, it's just that same, it's that same motion, but everyone still gets work done because they're comfortable with themselves, with working with themselves or around others. And the teacher, teacher is comfortable being an introvert. Like, yeah. as long as as long as everyone's happy everyone's happy that's kind of how it works but I've definitely had teachers that are more introverted and they just say here's the work do it and does that whatever. feel but it doesn't feel standoffish to you no not really as long as they put in the grades on time <laughs> I've had I've had plenty of teachers who just hand out packets and then they just don't put in the grades for the next semester yeah because like, one of the things with this building relationships is like if you want you know your students to be comfortable in your class then you have to you know, model for them. So, and for me, I don't mind because I'm an oversharer anyway, you know, so when we are doing examples, I'll give an example from my own life and that'll help students, you know, relate to it and be more comfortable sharing. But there's a lot of teachers who are like, no, I don't want to talk about my personal life with my students. Yeah. How do I still build, like, is that actually required in order for my students to feel safe and comfortable with me? I mean, you know, within this current generation of students relating is everything mm. so like you know there is a balance that you can find as a teacher i think to you know be able to relate to them as much as you can i mean obviously 50 year old teachers can't really relate much to gen z well i think even like like making a list of things that like you would be comfortable 
you know, having on a t-shirt or something. Like, yeah. I really like watching this TV show. Yeah. Or, you know, Definitely. I listen to this kind of music. Like, basic, yeah. you know, I'm married. Um, I'm not going to tell you about who I'm married to. I'm not yeah. going to talk about that. But you can know that I'm married. Like, basic things that you're willing to share. And just have kids relate to that. I think the other thing, too, is just to... I'm brainstorming a lot. You don't have to tell the kids anything about yourself. Right. If you just ask them about themselves. Right. I like, mean, I know you, you know, some of my students love soccer. I don't know anything about soccer. But if right. I say, you know, the kid comes in and he's like, oh, man, we lost our soccer game last night. I'm like, man, what? That sucks. What happened? And the kid will talk to me for 25 minutes about soccer yeah. and feels like we have a great relationship, even though I know nothing about soccer. I right. don't care about soccer. And I added nothing to the conversation. Right. Um, again, with my AP psychology teacher, she's just amazing at what she does. Um, during the first week of school, she had a whole slideshow of like, you know, um, I maybe maybe to relate to us, but maybe it was actually like you know, this is her favorite things. She loves Eminem and like you mm. know, she like she loves Pop Smoke. Like it's it's crazy. Like she loves hip hop and she loves rap and she's like, she's been teaching for a while. Yeah. And it's just like wow. Like immediately the entire class was like, okay, like you're cool. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I play video games. So that's when my students find exactly. out. And they're like, oh, what kind of games do you play? And I'm like, you know, Funny oh, games. I'll like name a couple. And then they're like, have you ever played Halo? Like, yeah, I've played Halo before. Yeah. They're like, what? Yeah, like, oh my exactly. Gosh. Like, again, I mean, you you haven't been teaching as much as, as long as right. other people have. So you can definitely be like, yeah, I've played Halo. I've played, you know, I've played Call of Duty, all, right. like, all those AAA games. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely like my... My sophomore math teacher, um, he said that he plays Minecraft a lot. He loves Minecraft. Um, and one of the things he does is he's he makes a server for his graduates. And if they want to play Minecraft with him, first they have to graduate and pass the classes. However, they also, like, they can be in a server with him, one, like, server with him once they graduate. Like, he either invites them to the server, he either makes it, or, you know, if these four people that just graduated and they're like oh let's invite mr moore and then like you know oh that's so fun yeah that's cool and a cool way to keep keep that relationship after graduation yeah it's definitely super cool like one of my other teachers um he's got a coffee machine in his room so the teachers come in and you know they get coffee and the students are like oh i want coffee and he's like you got to graduate first like there are still like alumni for my school that like they just come in just for a cup of coffee and say hi to their old teachers. That's so sweet. Like, and it's completely free. I think too, that's a good, that's a good example is like, if you just have a thing that kids are welcome to borrow. Yeah. Like my coworker, he's new to our building this year. So he's super, super shy um, and introverted and a great teacher. But yeah, as far as like volunteering information about himself, it's really uncomfortable, but he brought a bunch of board games in Mm -hmm. um, for students to play if they're in study hall. And so, Kids will be like, hey, can I play? And I'm like, ah, you have to ask him. You know, they're like, who even is that? I don't even know who he is. I haven't met him yet. And so I'm like, oh, you know, hey, he's coming in right now. This is, you know, you can meet him, ask him. And so they're like, well, you know, I think he brought apples to apples, which now is like an old game. Oh, and so yeah. they were like, what Ages. is that game? And Ages. so, you know, he, well, he doesn't want to talk about personal stuff. And it's a little awkward for him. Like, he'll teach them how to play games. And that's how... So I walked in the other day and he was playing chess with one of the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's how he's building relationships with those students in a way that's still comfortable for him. Right. All right. Homework. <laughs> Do you think homework is effective? In some classes, yes. Oh, um, so I don't want to know about the classes. I want to know how do the teachers make it so that the homework's effective? I mean, with some classes I'm taking this year is it'll help you understand the lesson that we're doing better if you read the chapter of the book. So like with my psychology class again, if we read the chapter of the book that weekend, you can have a better time understanding the notes we're taking and how they correlate with each other. Um, Same thing with my math class. If we read the stats book, we can better understand what the heck a residual is. Um, Do you have any homework, though, that's, like, required and graded? No. Do you think that would... Not this year. I mean, my school is a lot different than public schools, so I really can't speak for the entirety of Do you think it would make it... I mean, do you think that's worth kids' time? No, 
<laughs> I mean, especially upperclassmen in high school, juniors and seniors, they have a jobs. So they have, you know, things they like things they need to be like when like for me, I'm doing theater and I have a job. Um, and so it's like I can't like when I'm home, I'm exhausted. Like yeah. I do not want to think about school. I don't want to think about, you know, I don't really want to think about a whole lot other than, you know, chilling and then going to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of, like, when we do give homework, a lot of teachers don't realize how it adds up. And so they're like, oh, no, this will just take you half an hour. And it's like... Right, but then what if they don't understand Well, it? except my house is really loud, so it took me an hour. Or I didn't understand it anyway, so it wasn't worth me doing it by myself. Yeah. And you're one of eight, one of six teachers who gave me an hour worth of homework. So. Yeah. So, that, you know, in total, that's six hours of work, and now I can't sleep. Right. So... So weighted grading. So this was, um, Edith and I actually did an episode on this because both of the schools we work at just recently changed how we weight grades. So in our schools now, tests and quizzes and projects are worth 90% of your grade. Oh, okay. Whereas all of your practice and worksheets and homework are only 10%. So that's new to you? That's new to me. Okay. My charter school, that's been a thing forever. Okay. How do you feel about it? It's... It makes the homework less, like... It's literally less important. It's literally less important. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you can do the homework, it'll get graded, but if you don't do the homework, you won't be able to do well on the test or the project or the quiz because you didn't do the homework. So it's good. It's a good idea to do the homework. You don't have to, but you might not get the test right. Yeah. Um, do you like that it's weighted so heavily towards the tests and stuff? Yeah, I do. Because Why? it's more... It's a little bit more, like, psychologically kind of pressuring them to do at least a bit of the homework so that they understand the general idea of what the test is could be. And then, you know, I mean, for me, I don't really, you know, I don't do my homework a whole lot. Sorry, teachers. But, um, like, when I, like when, I, when I do, I have a better time doing the test. Um, and, I mean, if it's a subject that I know really, really well, I don't do the homework at all and I still pass the test. Yeah, but what about um, kids who struggle with testing? I can't really speak for them <laughs> because I've always just been a good test taker. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think that's an important part of the conversation too. Is like, I also am a good test taker and I knew how to study really well. Yeah. So tests were never an issue for me. But when you have students who do not test well and the homework is worth so little, then it, they just kind of feel defeated. Yeah. Which sucks. But for you, having a heavy weight on tests and quizzes has been really good. Yeah. And since my school is, you know, an expeditionary school, we don't have a whole lot of tests. We have more projects. Yeah. So in those projects, they're fun, they're creative, and then and they're a summative grade. So and you usually get feedback during it. Yeah. Whereas um, with a test, it's like, turn it in and then I grade it. And a project's yeah. like, okay, now this part, now this. Yeah. So I just, out of habit, I just said summative. So basically, you know, summatives are the 90, are like the 90% yep, of Yeah, that's grades. what we use, too. So summatives and formatives, that's been a thing forever. Um, that's cool. Yeah. All right, finals. You guys don't do final exams, right? We do. Oh, you do? Yeah. Are they like, I mean, it's like to cover everything you learned in that yep. semester? Yeah. Do you think that's a fair practice to give you a final on what you, in January, on what you learned in September? No, that's not fair <laughs> at all. Because... <laughs> I mean, think about think about it like this. You have, you know, it's the stereotype for English teachers to be like, save the trees, and they give you 40 handouts a day. Um, and so most of the time, by January, there's no way that we could fit everything from September to January in our backpacks. Unless we carry <laughs> right. six backpacks at once. Um, and, I mean, other than, that, like, other than that, if you keep all of the stuff you have, then your closet's full of papers. And, right. You know, it's hard to keep track of when was this, when was that, what's that about. Um, so I think a better solution would be, you know, have it by quarter. And so just have, like, one big, like, mid-quarter test. And, oh. you know. But so you then, think, you still think a huge. I, I still think a big test that covers the majority of what you learned for those nine weeks I think that should still be a thing. Why? But instead of 18 weeks worth of stuff, it's just nine because it kind of tests how well you retained it. So in tests nowadays are just a regurgitation of what you crammed the night before. Right. Um, so what's the difference if it's nine weeks worth of stuff crammed or 18 weeks worth of stuff less, crammed? It's less pressure. So it's less of stuff. Oh. It's just like, you My know. suggestion is to not have finals at all. 
to have I mean, no cramming and regurgitation. I, that's also, I mean, that's also a definite option. But I <laughs> this mean, is this is reimagining things, right? In a okay. in well, a reimagined world, would you have finals at all? Oh no, not at all. I've been <laughs> that was a, that was a compromise. That was it's fair. You know, but if I if I could rule the world, no finals would be obliterated. Yeah. Um. Yeah. One of the things we talked Maybe. about because we do summatives and formatives. So one of the things we talked about that we're trying to move towards is. If they show that they've mastered the skill on a summative, why are we giving them another summative on the same thing? Right. Maybe not like a big final test, but maybe like a final project. Mm-hmm. So like... Um, An what, application piece. Yeah. So what my school does is we do a final project that counts as our final. So instead of just one big test, it's more of a final project of constructing, you know, what we've learned. Yeah. So like, I'm pretty sure for a final project that we're going to be doing in my psychology class is we're probably going to be constructing a brain. Yeah. And like, you know, pointing and like highlighting things. It's like, oh, this is your, like, you know, your hippocampus. This is your thalamus, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so speaking of regurgitation, what, um, what can you remember that you had to regurgitate on your last final? I don't know. <laughs> that's kind of, that's the big thing is that it's just regurgitation and it's just kind of like. You had oh, a whole this summer what... since then. So. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, this is, this is what I'm cramming. And then I'm just spilling it all out, and I don't actually yeah. the mitochondria. Learn it. Yeah, this is the powerhouse of this the cell. This is the powerhouse of the cell. Well, that's because it's a meme, and that's. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, if you would have asked me what a nucleus does, like. Right. I mean, I, like, yeah, um, yeah. So it's like it's, it's just regurgitation. It's not really retaining the information. It's just you know putting it on a paper, and it makes it look like I'm smart. Right. And so, yeah. yeah. All right, last question. What um, was your most memorable teacher or most memorable class that you've taken and why? I mean, it is currently happening. Again, it is my psychology class. Number one is because I'm interested in psychology, so I, I want to be there. And um, it's just the way she motivates us with food. So constructing a neuron. Like, it, yeah, food is everything to teenagers. Okay? I love that. Like, not... Quality content, not relationship with students, not that she stays after and tutors, that she shows up with food. I mean... I mean, I like it. That's easy. No, but I mean, I'm sure she stays stays way past school hours just to, you know, finalize things. But I mean, you know, other than... I mean, my second was my kindergarten teacher because she let us nap. I mean, that's... Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, kindergartners, okay, else, kindergartners are stressed, What man. else does your psychology teacher do that, like, makes you want to be there? Aside from bringing food. Um, the notes and, like, the lessons are super easy to follow. Um, yes, it's fast, but it's like, you know, this is, like, this is a bullet point about, you know, the, like, the frontal lobe. These are all the parts of the frontal lobe. This is what they do. Then you can write them down, put them in your binder... And then, like, you have them, and then for, the, like, the quiz, then you can use the notes. And then for the test, you can't use your notes, but, you know, it's an AP class, so you should know. Yeah, but you, can, you can use it as a study tool. Yeah. Does she, like, require that you keep everything in a binder and check binders and stuff? Yes. Okay. Um, so, like, you can you get a binder, you can buy one, and then she has, like, a drawer in the back of her room where you can just put it in the drawer, and then you can just take it out of your class. You don't have to just haul it around your backpack. Yeah. And then when the when that class is over, you can keep the binder, like you can oh, either keep cool. it as a resource. As a resource, so like you know, for students who are taking psychology in college, um, you know, my teacher has said she's just like you know I've had so many students email me, call me, come back to the school saying how much this binder helped them. Yeah. Um, because to them everything was a review. Yeah. Um, because they had already saw it. In their so binder the with them. the food. Things are really clear. Yeah. It sounds like her expectations are clear, too. Yeah. Like, this is what we're doing. This is what you're writing while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then she has, like, built-in organization systems for you. Yeah. So you don't have to... I was just talking we about... Have to, we don't have to fish through our backpacks right. for I was just talking about a student I have who's, um, who's diagnosed ADHD and was missing a bunch of stuff. And so her counselor handed her a packet of 16 pages 
of like, well, here's your missing work, but it's just like one thing on each of these 16 pages and mm-hmm. she immediately lost all the papers. Yep. And I was like, I told him to email it yeah. <laughs> so that it wouldn't be on paper. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, cool. So the last little part of this episode, um, typically we take whatever topic we've had and we say, okay, what are our next steps with this topic? Um, because we kind of covered a whole lot of things. Um, I'm wondering, like, what is your, um, usually this is, uh, the time of school year that just gets really hard for teachers. Um, we realize that we, like, technically almost, like, just started and we're already really tired. Right, but you got off on the wrong foot, maybe. <laughs> maybe, like you No, we just have so summer. much time till summer. Oh, Just the is... rest of the year is so yeah. long. Yeah. Um, and there's, yeah, it's just, it's hard. Yeah, I'm already um, a month into my senior year. I'm starting to get wrinkles. Oh my gosh. So what is your, as a student, what kinds of words of encouragement can you speak to teachers who are listening um, that like we're doing a good job? You guys continue to work hard, like seriously. (laughs) Not a whole lot of students actually see the effort you put in for, for us. So like, you know, I mean... Not a whole lot of students probably know that most teachers probably stay until like five, six. I mean, that's when, they, you know, by that time, most students are either napping on their phones or playing video games. Like, I mean, they're, they're already relaxing while these teachers are still working really hard. They're in the building an hour before school and they're out of the building two hours after school. You know, like it's they put in a lot more effort and they just don't get a whole lot back. And yet they still show up like they have so much tenacity. They have so much like will willpower to just to keep trying to teach kids like about something that they're like they went to school for they're interested in and they're just like you know this is what i want you guys to learn because i want you guys to excel um and so you got like teachers do a very very good job of doing that um and i mean you know i've had some teachers that use that as like an argument point where it's like you know i stay until 6 p.m every day i mean like and that just becomes a complaint where it's like, yeah. okay, who asked? You know? Encouragement. This is the encouragement portion. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. Um, but, I mean, you guys do such a good job with that. You guys work so hard for us. We never really give you guys anything back. But you guys keep on going. And, I mean, me personally, I see that a lot. And that's like, wow, that's cool. Like, I would not be able to do that at 6 p.m. I don't want to do anything, you know? But, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for recording with us. Um, super excited to share this with teacher friends and students. Um, I think just getting a different perspective is always good yeah. and encouraging. So thank you so much for joining us. No problem. I got free food. And you got free food. That is see how I bribed food, you here. See, food always works. There you go. <laughs> food and soda. All right. Um, if you want to continue this conversation with us, we will be on reimagine.teaching um, at Instagram. Otherwise, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, please go listen. There's been some really, really good um, episodes and guests. And please share this episode and others with your friends. Mm